feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, it's the end of the world as Adam McKay knows it, and we're fine. We're fine here. A nice Canadian. All, all is fine. It's a bare naked ladies reference. Well, it was also right. a, a reference to um, Dr. Strangelove. Oh, Peter yeah. Sellers is on the phone and he's saying, you know, we're fine here. How are you? Well, that's mm-hmm. fine. It's all good. It's, it's good stuff. Today we are reviewing Adam McKay's Don't Look Up, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. I got to take a deep breath here. Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothee Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, uh, Kid Cudi, uh, also known as Scott Miss Cudi, uh, Himish Patel, Melanie Linsky, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, and even more. Uh, it will be released on December 24th on Netflix, but it is now playing in select cinemas. Uh, Tiff Bell Lightbox here in um, Toronto. It's also playing, I think, like Whippy Landmark Cinemas and yep, uh, places out to like the that. Region. So there's some, um, you know, multiplexes that are, you know, that's showing you how much things have changed in 2021. Um, uh, but Eric, how are you doing? Uh, I'm we, good. We just man. recorded a great episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, which everyone can go check out, which we do talk a little bit about Don't uh, Look Up because it was nominated for multiple uh, Critics' Choice uh, Awards. And Eric and I broke down all the nominees and all the kind of what we uh, put up for nomination, uh, what was actually nominated, what our thoughts were on everything. So everyone go check out the uh, 108th episode. or Find out how of- many uh, nominations Bergman Island got. um but let's get into it dude um don't look up we saw this uh, a couple weeks ago now at the light box we sure um uh adam mckay's kind of uh biting blunt satire on uh global warming but uh you can kick it off what is don't look up eric well matt as i said in my review as i said to you after uh watching the film uh you teed it up perfectly adam mckay's uh latest uh mockbuster satire is about as subtle as a planet killing comet destined for earth and its impact is going to happen in less than six months uh it sort of follows the point of view or at least it starts from the point of view of two scientists played by leonardo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence uh who discover this comet and notify uh nasa and bring in uh rob morgan's character They uh, alert uh, the president and end up going to the White House where a sort of bureaucratic uh, conversation ensues where Meryl Streep's Trumpian-esque president and her son, uh, played by Jonah Hill, uh, seem to be uh, uninterested in what they're saying and and looking at it from the point of view of uh, an economic um, stance in that they feel that like, okay, all they're asking for is money. And this isn't really as important as sort of, you know, the kind of ins and outs of, uh, being an insider in the political status of the white house. And from there, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence's characters go on this media tour to try to get the public's attention about this comet that is destined for earth. And specifically DiCaprio's character begins tracking well as this kind of science pundit, uh, especially when they uh, trim his beard. Um, And it's sort of the ins and outs of both 
climate change deniers and the satire that exists within our world, but also the idea of how the media is more interested in sort of the superficial um, sort of aspects of life, whether it be which celebrity broke up with who or uh, what is going to be happening uh, on the next episode of a, a certain show. And to be honest, Matt, the more I think about this film, you the like less it. I like <clears throat> it. And it's not because I don't agree with what Adam McKay is saying, because I think what he is saying is very true. It's a very pessimistic movie as well. Like it, it, it's, it's a very dark film, especially in that last act, but I and feel totally like, strange being a comedy, but also very depressing. <laughs> yes. Um, but I also think that it is so self-righteous <laughs> and superficial on how it's saying what it's presenting. And McKay at this point in his career, I do kind of feel is a little bit high on his own supply where he believes in his own sort of reverence of what he's creating. And what I loved about, you know, his movies like Anchorman and Talladega Nights Brothers. and the other guys is that there were interjections and in social commentary on sexism and white collar crime and those things. And they but were, they were there. first and foremost, a silly comedy. Yes. Right? They were, they were absurdist. They were irreverent. They were funny, but they did have those things in there and it wasn't sort of hitting you over the head over and over and over again to the point where I just found it completely obnoxious. Yeah. And I understand that, uh, but it completely worked for me. And I think it's bluntness uh, is sometimes, you know, I don't think subtlety really is necessary in this movie and I don't think it's needed in the movie. When I think sometimes uh, an asteroid to the face is essentially kind of what, we need. And I, I do agree with you in a sense where I'm not quite sure who this movie is for, because I do think like I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think it's very funny. It's very depressing. Um, I think it's blunt. Social commentary is very on the nose. It is very heavy handed. But I think sometimes when you look at what's going on, like uh, truth is stranger than fiction sometimes. And then when you put it in a movie like this, it almost seems absurd and too obvious and, you know, uh, you know, a little self-righteous and it is all of those things, but I feel like, you know what, fuck it. Sometimes that's what we need. And I feel like that completely worked for me in this movie where uh, I did laugh consistently. Uh, I do like, you know, the, the, allegory of global warming and using something so obvious as an asteroid coming to earth that is very clearly coming to earth to kill everyone but no one wants to believe it or no one wants to pay attention to it or just ignore it and things like that um i like that it is obvious it is a little bit up its own ass and i like him kind of poking fun at all of that kind of stuff um uh but i do struggle with going okay you know the people he's making fun of in the in this movie are going to be pissed off at it because he's whether it's you know right-leaning people or just you know deniers in general of things is like it's very blunt in its stance on those people but then i think the people on the other side of things who he kind of wants on his side are gonna kind of be what you're saying whether it's critics or just people in general kind of rolling their eyes at it because they're like i'm smarter than what you're presenting here i know these things that you're saying 
um, you're kind of saying it in this kind of self-righteous way or this very obvious way, and they'll kind of roll their eyes at it, which is ultimately you look at the reviews it's getting, it's getting mixed reviews, even though it's showing up in awards places like Critics' Choice and things like that. Um, and I know that's not the movie per se, that's talking about how people are perceiving the movie, but I feel like this movie is talking about how people perceive things. Um, and I just, I don't know, it, it worked for me. I love Leo. I love Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. I like Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, in more of a comedy. Uh, and I know he's done, you know, there's comedy in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's, you know, it's comedy very self-deprecating. Other... Yes, and I, I just really dig that. Where I kind of view this movie as Anchorman with more of a blunt social political message to it. Where I'm not taking it too seriously, and I like how ridiculous it is because that's the McKay that I do like. I agree with you that. Um, those kind of movies that if you go back and watch them and he's always one of those guys where I feel like the first time I see his movies, they don't land with me. And then the more I watch them, the more I love them, at least with those ridiculous com uh, comedies. And I feel like this movie is ridiculous. It's over the top. It's in your face. It's stupid. It's not necessarily smart, but it kind of is smart. Um, and I, I'm just having trouble like putting my thumb on the movie, but I know that I really, really enjoyed it thoroughly. And I feel like that asteroid to the face is sometimes um, what's needed for people to go, huh? And um, I don't think me or you are in that category. I think we kind of, again, we're, uh, we're, we, we're people who do believe in global warming and, and what's happening and know about a lot of this stuff. So um, I feel like that can kind of go the other way, which you'll elaborate on more, but um, I just thought the cast was thoroughly enjoyable and it, I thought it was really, really funny. And I like the message that it's presenting, even if it is, you know, a sledgehammer or an asteroid to the face. Like I just, um, I liked the bluntness of it. It was unapologetic. And I think he, he kind of knows what he's presenting and in the way that he's presenting it. So I don't think it's trying to hide its bluntness or anything like that. So I agree with you. That is some subtlety maybe needed. Ah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, you can, it's not one of those movies where I feel like from the bat, he's like, this is what this is. It's going to be what's happening in this movie is how I'm going to present it to you as well. And I kind of appreciate it for that. And I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think I'm smarter than this movie in terms of like what it has to say. I'm just looking at it from the point of view of, I wish it was a little bit clever with how it was approaching mm -hmm. Um, the subject matter and how it was presenting it because the other thing that I don't like about this kind of newer Adam McKay is his editing can be as bombastic and over the top and, and just again just obnoxious where it's continually quick cutting and just being everywhere it's so erratic that you're just like just take a deep breath for a second and like let's not have even the editing perpetuate what the Leonardo DiCaprio character is feeling like I get, you know, like he is a guy that is very much against what DiCaprio is, you know, in, in the, the public eye. But then again, also, I mean, the casting is on the nose as well because DiCaprio is very much an environmentalist and somebody that has always been sort of an advocate for, you know, endangered species and, you know, what we're doing to, um, you know, the, the environment as a whole and the ice caps and things like that. So like even that casting is kind of like, 
okay, like I get, I get why they they put him in the role, and and I do like the idea of him playing sort of more self deprecating comedic parts. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood maybe opened him up a little bit more to that, and and this kind of follows suit. And I don't mind him in this movie. I think one of the funniest things that also kind of connects this movie to the other guys is when he goes on that first media tour and when they're kind of like trimming his beard and then they find out that like, it's like, Oh, actually you're kind of handsome. And and I think that's funny because the reason why it also reminded me of, of the other guys is because every time um, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg are going out on, on a case, there's always an attractive woman (laughs) who's lusting after Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg's character never gets it. And it's almost like an inverse version of that, which I actually do think is really funny. funny. And then there's another, and that's also a very subtle joke. I think that that's one of the few subtle kind of jokes that they do play up quite well and then the other joke that i do like that's an ongoing joke is you have uh paul uh goldfoil uh who's probably best known for csi um playing one of these military guys generals (laughs) yeah and he literally um sells these snacks to dicaprio lawrence and uh, rob morgan's characters and then you find out that they were actually free and then they're trying to like break down the psychosis of like why would he do this? Mm-hmm. And it's like this ongoing. It's one of the most ridiculous funny. throwaway kind of things that is genuinely funny. And and I, I don't know. I just felt like there were a lot of those moments throughout where um, I was laughing kind of consistently, whether it's from the supporting cast or from the two leads. And like, I really like Timothee Chalamet in this. Like it, it kind of reminds me of, I liked him in Lady Bird in that small role. And then seeing him pop up here as Yule, this kind of like skater kind of punk kid, like uh, not like punk, but also redneck kind of kind of uh guy and spiritual and, and as like, well yes like he's, he's kind of a born again like, christian yeah. evangelist type yeah. who kind of like came to religion on his own and he doesn't even come into like this cast is so huge and he doesn't even yeah. come into the film to the third act the really. third act and then like the other thing as well that like it might not be the movie's fault but you're very self-aware of like okay you have a scene between jonah hill and leonardo dicaprio and 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 both of them have been in the Wolf of Wall Street, Wall Street, which is a much better satirical sort of. I farce. agree with that. Yeah, and then yeah. you also have like Kate Blanchett and Leonardo DiCaprio who have worked together on The yeah. Aviator. So two Scorsese yeah. pairings there in, in one film. Yeah. Um, and then you're thinking like as well, like the way that this movie kind of introduces cast members, like the Mark Rock. We haven't even talked about Mark Ryland. Who's who essentially doing his Ready Player One character just right. over again. <laughs> Which is incredible. And I think he's um, okay. I yeah. just think that Mark Rylance is one of those guys where, like, if he's truly engaged by the material, you'll you'll get a really kind of, like, solid performance from him, whether it be Dunkirk or Bridge of Spies or, you know, yeah. Intimacy, for those who have seen the NC-17 film um, from the early 2000s that would always play on Showcase um, for, for Canadians watching this. Uh, but then with ready player one or this it's it's almost like he reads the materials like okay i guess i'm just gonna literally phone this in and i'm gonna do the same thing i just did (laughs) yeah this tech magnet yeah and you're just thinking to yourself like and the epilogue in this as well i think is terrible i think the 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 last i will not disagree with you there i think it undercuts the ending 
immensely. And I didn't like Ron Perlman either as this politically incorrect astronaut who's kind of being sort of framed as the hero. I like Ron Perlman, but I, I, and it's also funny because Kate Blanchett and Ron Perlman are also in Nightmare Alley, which we'll be talking about as well. Um, So there's a lot of crossover with that stuff, but. And that's kind of poking fun at Armageddon and those kind of, you know. Yeah, Michael uh, Bay movies in general, or, or, or specifically that sort of doomsday movie of the 90s yeah where it's so the like raw, armageddon raw is america a terrible, saves the day yeah armageddon is a terrible movie as well and deep impact's not great but i think it's more interesting in terms of how it projects you know like how people would react to the end of the world and what the government would do in a situation like that but it is mocking that but i just i just wanted it to be a little bit clever more clever sure. and and not maybe thinking that it was smarter than it actually is well i don't think it is dude that's where i maybe disagree with you where i don't necessarily thinks it think it thinks it's smarter than what it is like i just feel like adam mckay and um sorry the co-writer uh david sirota like i feel like they knew exactly like it is dumbed down like it is dumbed down to the hundredth degree to me where i'm like i think it's presented in that way intentionally and it's kind of in itself like poking fun at itself for that. And I don't know. I just always, I always saw it as I know that this is what this is. And I know that we're dumbing this down and I know it's so on the nose and I know it's presented in that way where I, I don't think it ever was trying to be smarter than what it is. And I present it as a kind of a movie for, you know, like, I don't want to say <laughs> I'll I'll go back on that, but like but to, your, but I to just, your point though, you made this point earlier. It's like who is this movie? For? Yeah, and I and I don't and I stand by that that thing. Like I enjoyed it, and I think there will be people who buy into it and kind of oh, come at it. Yeah. yeah, and come at it from the angle that I'm coming at. But I think when you talk about a general public, when this drops on Netflix or when you know people who are going to see it in in cinemas now that aren't like you know, movie people. Um, Cause I feel like by this point you, after vice and after the big short, I feel like you've, some people have already made up their mind on Adam McKay. And I'm not saying you're in that group because you actually liked vice. And I think the big short to an extent. Yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. they're better movies than this. Um, and I don't know how I feel in the, in all of those, but I liked all three of them, but I know that there are going to be people who are already think McKay's obnoxious after those two movies and aren't well, going to buy into this. if they know who he is, because yeah. I think the big selling point for this movie, for people that just go to the theaters every once in a while, it's from the director right of now. Anchorman and Step Brothers. Well, no, no, not even that. It's, it's, you have Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo sure, and DiCaprio Leo, yeah. in this huge ensemble piece. With and like even their characters, like there, there's, there's one moment in this movie that felt real to me. And that's the scene where Melanie Linsky, who plays DiCaprio's wife confronts DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett's characters who are having an affair. And she throws all these pills at him. I think that one moment could have been even more over the top, but the way that Linsky plays it on top of kind of showing you that the DiCaprio character, again, self-effacing and also, somebody who has anxiety issues and depression and is sort of trying to mm-hmm. take a number of pills to kind of balance that it showed DiCaprio's character, Dr. Randall Mindy in a moment of true vulnerability that I hadn't seen in a DiCaprio performance before, but that's coming more from Linsky's delivery of that mm-hmm. moment of, of, of heartbreak and betrayal and anger. And I think that works. And then also it's just weird not that it's this is a, a, a you know a criticism towards the movie, but seeing DiCaprio have 
two grown children is kind it's of funny. weird yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Never going to happen. Um, yeah, and I think that goes back to the tone problems of the movie, right? Like, I think, you know, it almost, um, it doesn't, it goes back to that point where I'm like, I don't know if it knows who it's for. Where I feel like, to me, I view it kind of like, what if we made an Anchorman style movie with a message, but a prestige cast instead of just pure, you know, comedic actors? Well, because Will Ferrell's um, not talking to Adam McKay yeah. anymore. And and I go, okay, that's an interesting idea to me. How would that work? And I feel like it's at times so over the top and very funny, but then at times wants to be, you know, drive home its message and be dramatic. And I feel like those two things are fighting and clashing with one another. And ultimately I like that because I I like its bluntness. Like I keep repeating. And I just like, I like that it's weird in a sense where it is Anchorman with a prestige cast that's driving home this very blunt and obvious message. But then I look at the audience who are going to go see this. And it goes back to my original point of like uh, the people that it's making fun of are going to go fuck this guy. Like I like uh, making fun of us for these things. And then the other side, I feel like are going to kind of poo poo McKay being like, I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than this. Like this is too obvious and and blunt and kind of roll your eyes that it's up its own ass or uh, any of those things. So that's what I think the movie is struggling with. And I feel like it never quite, even though I really enjoyed it, it never quite lands that tricky kind of tightrope that it's walking and like um i don't know like i i again i i i'm curious to see the reaction from a general public because uh i think people will be lured in by the cast and things like that but i i i don't know i really liked it i will say you know my stance on meryl streep i think she's a little weirdly miscast well it's gimmicky too right because again like DiCaprio being an environmentalist in real life it's it's on the nose where it's like streep you know meryl streep's a, a, a you know like a, a a liberal to the a great degree. person <laughs> yeah a, a decent well yeah she's a decent person and and you know obviously acting wise like that's aside but like sure it's it's like okay we're the joke is we're trying to cast her against type and she's playing you know this kind of like almost hillary clinton but as a trump like figure yeah. who has a photo of steven seagal and her on her desk I and like, that's that. the joke and like yeah. i actually don't mind jonah hill i, I think yeah. he actually is funny um in most things he's in and here he's he's actually has some good one-liners and and is actually also again very um he can be he can be sort of corrosive in sort of how he attacks both lawrence and uh i think he knows what movies he's in more than anyone I, i i do think this though i totally i think this movie i think most of the cast and and mckay are on the same page yeah yeah compared to something like say house of gucci where house of gucci was like yes everybody was all over the place and ridley scott is maybe not the best filmmaker for that kind of satire where at least I, i think the people that are in this movie and the people behind the scenes knew the film that they were making. But I think also the editing does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of kind of making it even more sort of gonzo in its overall um, direction. But I disagree with you with like, I, I think McKay does have this superiority complex where he is looking down. I mean, he is the co-writer and the director and he is kind mm-hmm. of looking down at this whole situation and being like, look how ridiculous everybody is like even even my scientists you know who get lured into especially dicaprio who at first is very polite and And then gets caught up in the the in his own bullshit right and like the way that like lawrence's character is also like you know this 
punk rock scientist who's working on her PhD and, and like her kind of like trying to, you know, make the point come across and all she gets back is sort of, you know, she's in this cycle of memification and, um, you know, ends up being sort of categorized as histrionic when, you know, like that's the obvious thing when, when, when women are trying to make a point, you know, like they're categorized in that group of being like, Oh, you're being, they named the asteroid after her. And then DiCaprio takes all the credit, even though she was the one who discovered it. And you even see like, there's, I think some of the more subtle things is, I mean, that's very on the nose and very obvious too, but like I even in some of the, you know, as DiCaprio takes more of the spotlight, like I thought that kind of was an interesting kind of commentary even again very blunt very in your face but the movie is throwing a lot at you too right where ultimately it is about you know global warming and that crisis and things like that in a very blunt metaphor but it is throwing like you said you mentioned social media uh, just the media in general regular media um you know uh there's so much being thrown at you throughout this entire movie that i think that's where it kind of maybe gets muddled a bit and then um doesn't completely work um but overall yeah i don't know i just thought it was an enjoyable comedy with like a a ridiculous premise that is essentially kind of worked for me and um i'm gonna give the movie a I don't know if there's anything else we didn't cover. Nicholas Bertel's score, which we did talk a little bit about on um, uh, Critics' Choice nominations. I was like, I remember when his name popped up at the end, and I was like, huh. I didn't really even think about the music in this movie while listening or well, while the, watching the song it. is probably it's the like, kind of the yes, biggest feature in terms of with music. Kid with Cudi Ari- and yeah, Ariana Grande, Grande yeah. Um, and yeah, you have a ton of other people. Himish Patel showing up, Michael Chiklis. Uh, uh we mentioned chalamet tyler perry um rylance is ridiculous ridiculous and there's some other uh, cameos in there uh just absolutely ridiculous cast but yeah i i totally i don't i'm not like over the moon about the movie but i do really really like it i'm gonna give it a uh four out of five i am going to give it a two out of five and recommend that people rewatch anchorman or the other guys or the films that it's trying to emulate which are films like network or dr strange love and again i still like adam mckay i i he's one of those guys where i think i like him more as a personality or more as a just a person in general as, as dirty mike <laughs> <laughs> dirty mike in the boys <laughs> uh then then i do um an actual filmmaker or, or a filmmaker now i just think that like he's kind of again i mentioned it gotten a little high on his own supply I don't disagree with that as much as I really liked big short vice and don't look up. Do I miss the other guys, stepbrothers, Talladega nights, anchorman, Adam McKay? I absolutely do. And I think this for me, again, I, I, I look at it even more so than vice and big short, which I feel like we're trying to be, you know, just straight prestige movies. I see this most mostly as a weird combo of that earlier stuff. And those two movies and a, a clash of those, which I don't think completely works, but then worked for me if I view it that way. So, but then his series um, that he's producing and he directs episodes of with, with succession and what looks like it's going to be another winning season with the Lakers dynasty uh, series, coming which is up. the reason Will Ferrell hates. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're actually, at least succession is actually good. Like it, it's mm-hmm. like really addictive television. And I almost feel that he, like, he was also working on Parasite too, right? Like, the, and I still, the, I think he still is. He's yeah. developing that as well. And like, um, 
Yeah, no, I, I still like, I'll, I'll always be intrigued with a new Adam McKay movie. I'll be curious if he ever gets back to those more pure comedies or if he'll always be kind of in this prestige comedy message movie kind of thing. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes, but yeah, well, I'm he, excited is, for he, the- he, he already, I mean, they already announced and he's been, he had been working on it for a while. Um, but bad blood is the next movie he's making that Apple just picked up. Also with Jennifer also Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence yeah. which is about, um, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Holmes who basically created this, um, uh, this kit that could, that was, was fake that could like detect whether or not you had diabetes and, 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 and other diseases. And, Again, like that feels like it's going to be in that same kind of zone as everything we've watched since the big short. I would just love for him to do another other guys or or something like that, right? Like even if he I would love if he went back and forth. <laughs> like, right. Give us one of those, but maybe and that goes back to your point of maybe he thinks he's also above that now, right? Like he's better than those kind of movies, which is uh, maybe what happened with him and Will Ferrell too, right? Like this is all stuff outside of the review, but um it is fascinating to see his career and where it's gone. And I remember even when big short got all those nominations and, and vice as well, it's just like, it's like Adam McKay. Interesting. Okay. Well, it, that always um, happens though. When like, yeah. I mean, we talked about that with, with, you know, Peter Farley, right. Yeah, like we're, yeah. with, with green book and things like that, where it's like, you always, you have a filmmaker who does something that's maybe outside the norm and it does kind of, I mean, this isn't, accessible the way that that green book was or maybe even the big short because the big short talked about again white collar crime and and sort of what happened after 2008 and how all of that happened with the stock market but yeah i just i think he's a very smart man i think he is a funny guy i just think that he's becoming more and more pompous and that is showing in his films where I just, it's not necessarily I want him to even regress. I just want him to find, I, I was kind of hoping it worked more for you. And, and and you're saying like there was this kind of nice kind of, you know, balance or crossroads um, between, you know, the two his styles. Earlier, and, yeah. and, 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 and I want that to work better. I think, I think he can make it work. I just don't think it does here. Fair. There. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, let us know what you think about Don't Look Up. Um, we've opened the comments back up on YouTube. Please be nice oh, to us. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> uh, please oh, be no. nice to us. Um, <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. But um, we have tons of other content we would love for you guys to check out. Um, we have reviews coming up for... I've lost my notes here. Where are my notes? Here we go. Uh, Benedetta, Spider-Man Far From Home, The Kingsman, The Lost Daughter, Nightmare Alley, Red Rocket, Being Ricardo's, Licorice Pizza, Tragedy of Macbeth, Matrix, uh, yeah, Tender Bar, um, and more. Um, <laughs> and um, so much more. Uh so keep it locked right here on Untitled Movie Reviews on YouTube podcast services. Uh, our newest uh, episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, where we cover all of the Critics' Choice Award nominees, uh, is up. So go check that out as well. Um, and we'll have a conversation, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler cast for you guys. So we'll have a spoiler-free review, which should be up on Tuesday the 14th. Um, and then we'll have a spoiler cast. I might even drop it right on Friday because that's, you know, when people are going to be seeing it Thursday night and you want to be part of that conversation. So very, very excited to talk about that. 
Uh, thank you all for your support. One stop shop over on Letterboxd. Just go there, untitled underscore movies. All of the links to everything we do is over there. That's the easiest place to go find us. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Dirty Mike. Uh, you can follow uh, my uh, film reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Don't go chasing waterfalls.